When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. December 28th will mark the 25th anniversary of Starcade 97, the culmination of a year-long build where Sting would finally step back in the ring to face Hollywood Hulk Hogan for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. The stage was set for a main event to become immortalized in wrestling history, and it did, but for all the wrong reasons. And for the first time in over 20 years on that 25th anniversary, Eric Bischoff and Nick Patrick will reunite to watch back and discuss what really happened that night at the MCI Center in Washington, D.C., hosted by Conrad Thompson, a topic that led to one of the most heated exchanges in the history of 83 weeks. And now you're going to act like it's ludicrous that we might think that that's what happened here when you managed to f*** up the single biggest moment in the history of wrestling, and now 20 years later you get on here and lie through your f***ing teeth and say it's because he wasn't taken. I'm not lying through much teeth. You finish over a pan? Is this real? Ad-free shows presents a premium watch-along event, The Fast Count, with Eric Bischoff and Nick Patrick, December 28th, 10 p.m. Eastern, immediately following AEW Dynamite. All $29 level members and higher are invited to join, and Top Guy members will be able to ask Eric and Nick questions about this controversial night in wrestling. No spray tan necessary. Sign up today and reserve your spot at adfreeshows.com. symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. We are broadcasting from the Blue Chew Studios. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code ARN at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. Hello and welcome to ARN. This is Paul Bromwell, and today I'm joined by the Hall of Famer, the founder of the Four Horsemen, the man synonymous with the television title, the man with the tan, the left hand and the right hand to the nature boy for so many years. He's the enforcer. He's double-A, ARN Anderson. ARN, how are you this week? That was a mouthful. It was. There was a lot to get out there, buddy. Did you come up with that? Oh, yeah, man. You know, we're trying to come up with something a little fresh, a little different every <laughs> single week. I like it. All right. 
Well, listen, man. Hey, I'm excited to have you here. You and I, this is called Arnamania Day because uh, for those that don't know, uh, obviously, uh, well, everybody knows the holidays are coming up. So you and I thought, hey, why don't we get together and just let's knock out the next couple episodes together. And we're having one of those days together where you and I are doing maybe one. No, not one. Maybe two. No, not two. How about three episodes plus a Zoom tonight for ad-free shows. So we got a lot going on today, Arn. You're the workhorse, my friend. This is easy for me, just <laughs> chatting with folks and talking about, you know, the old days and the glory years and all that. Man, it's... Uh, but you know what? I, I do love Christmas. It's just uh, one of those times where, to me, I can just sit on the couch and, and put on Yellowstone, or one of our favorite shows, Tulsa, the new thing with Stallone, okay. Tulsa, Tulsa, something or other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you're watching it. I'm not watching it, but I know what you're talking about. I've seen it advertised. I think it's on Amazon Prime, I maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is. If you're not watching Yellowstone, you need to be killed. Okay. Wow. There you it's go. It's that good. Okay. It's that good. And just sit there with the family and pop some popcorn or fish out some Fritos and... <laughs> Onion dip. Oh, I and love relax. Ah, oh, there's some advice from from the man right there, and I love every bit of it. And that's what this time of year is all about: it's relaxing and spending time with the family. But you and I are going to do that a little bit, a little bit today, talking about good old wrestling and the old memories. We're going to talk January 1991, dude. Before we get there, though, I want to talk a little bit about your memoir, Arn Anderson: My Life as wrestling's enforcer it's fully funded and because of the response of this project uh we crushed the first set of stretch goals since the last time you and i had gotten together and are in the process of finishing off the second set over twenty-seven thousand dollars has been raised for this project to date and we're anticipating a release date listen may 2023 arn dirk manning and his team have done it again my friend what thoughts can you share with our audience about this project and your autobiography well, Dirk and his crew have, have really been great. Uh, they've been flexible, and they understood that, you know, I wanted to make this thing um, something that people, when they read it, and then they can't put it down, hopefully, and finally get through it, and uh, they go, wow, I didn't know that. If you get that, you've accomplished your goal already. Uh, and how much you want to share of yourself. You know, I, I was thinking that and thinking about it, and how much do you, you know, how much do you think people are interested in or really want to hear, or is it going to be a bummer, or is it going to be a downer, or are they not going to be believers, you know? So I thought, well, you know what, just do what you've always done, tell the truth. If they believe it, they believe it. If they don't, they don't, but it's going to be an eye-opener. Mm. Man, I can't wait for it to come out, and I can't wait, as you said, an eye-opener. There's stories that haven't been shared before. If you're an Arn Anderson fan whatsoever, this is that must-have item that you need to add to your collection. And uh, so definitely check it out. ArnComic.com is the place to go where you can get your pre-order in. Uh, and so check it out. Arn, before we get into the, the show this week, though, I wanted to touch on the health situation of your dear friend and colleague, the legendary Barry Windham. As many of our listeners know, Barry suffered a heart attack a couple weeks ago and his life was saved by a stranger who performed CPR until an ambulance arrived. Uh, Barry is recovering from the cardiac event, but like so many of our favorite wrestlers, 
He doesn't have health insurance. There's a GoFundMe that's been set up by his real life brother-in-law, Mike Rotundo. Uh, Barry needs all the help he can get, buddy. And if you're able to assist financially to all of our listeners, send the prayers and positive vibes to the greatest pure worker the horseman ever had. Uh, Barry, we are here uh, for you. And uh, here at the Orange Show, we're certainly rooting for you. Uh, so I just wanted to share that with our audience, man. Thank you, Paul. Uh, Barry is a special human being, a special performer. Um, you know, we sing his praises every time. Go, again, going through my life and the time that I spent with an opponent, Barry as an opponent or, or as a partner, you know, it was the same thing, just a quality human being. And, man, when I heard about this, it just, God, it just floored me. And whoever that angel was, that happened to see it happen, recognize it, go out of his way. He saved Barry's life and will never be, whoever you are out there, will never be able to repay you uh, for saving Barry and uh, doing what you did. So whoever you are out there, uh, God bless you. Something good will happen to you and for you, I'm 100% sure, uh, because what you did was exemplary mm, without a doubt barry our uh, thoughts and prayers are with you my friend and uh make sure you check out that gofundme page and let's support uh barry with his with his health recovery uh as he battles back from this uh cardiac event uh Arn, we transition that news into talking about you and barry more this week last week we talked about the decision to have flair be the black scorpion Wrapping up that storyline for good. We officially put a bow on it. We also talked about how you and Barry stole the show with Doom in a street fight. Arn, social media lit up with comments about people who remembered that match. Several of our listeners even indicating this is one of the greatest street fights they can ever remember seeing. And all of them echoed the same sentiment that you shared with us, buddy. The believability of the match is what made it so special. And since we have uh, saw those comments over and over again, I thought we should mention it. Uh, so I just wanted to bring that up. But man, we kind of tugged at some heartstrings and brought back the memories of uh, of that great street fight that you had there uh, at, in that match at uh, Starcade. Credibility and believability are not two shortcomings of those two guys. I can tell you that. Simmons and uh, Butch Reed were, man, they were just standing in front of you, and if, if you could uh, if you could hang with them, you could hang. If you couldn't, you got plowed, and that's the way it was. Well, and you're not done working with those guys, so we're going to jump into it this month, January 1991. And I want to start by discussing how Sting's first run as the world title would end, because that comes to a close here this month in January. Following the unveiling of Flair as the Black Scorpion, Sting and Flair, Arn, wrestled around the loop for the next 30 days. The title, though, would change hands in East Rutherford, New Jersey at the Meadowlands on January the 11th. And uh, you, you got to think about this because this is traditionally WWF country. And uh, but due to financial concerns, particularly taxes enforced by the Athletic Commission, because wrestling was considered a sport, WWF would not run in this arena again until SummerSlam 1997. The event here had 5,000 fans in attendance, and this is partly due to a massive snowstorm. And in our first clip of the week, we do have, believe it or not, the closing moments of the match. And uh, we're going to check it out together, Arn. We're going to watch Ric Flair win his seventh world title. This, guys, is from January 11th, 1991. Flair takes the title back from Sting. Let's check it out together, Arn. 
Okay. Sting with the Irish whip. Here comes the Stinger splash. Oh, but nobody home. Nobody there. Sting may have knocked the breath out of himself there. The heavyweight champion of the world sailed into the top turnbuckle. And now Ric Flair will go up to the top. Sting with the right hand. He's going to bring the challenger down. Flair slammed almost halfway across the ring by the champion of the world. Flying clothesline. This may be all. There has been battered and we're inches away. Sting thought he had it. He thought he had it right there. And now the Stinger. High risk move. He's on the top rope. Flair making his way up to his feet. There goes Sting. Oh no! He hit the referee. Sting's right knee hit the referee right in the head. He has Flair pinned, but the referee is out of it. It had to be inadvertent. Obviously it was. And now Flair from behind. A real cheap shot as he knees Flair to the out or Sting to the outside. Inside cradle again. The champion has Flair pinned. The referee cannot get up to make the count. Sting really cooking now. They go to the ropes. Oh, their heads crack together. Flair falls on top. The referee to make the count. Sting's foot is on the rope. Sting's foot was on the rope, ref. Sting had his foot on the rope. I don't think the referee saw it. So there you have it. Flair is the world champion once again. And I want to talk to you a little bit about this arm because the decision uh, was made to put the championship back on Rick. But if you go back in time, we remember as we've gone through your career, your history here, his crowning, Sting's initial crowning was delayed by five months thanks to that patella injury. And we remember watching that together. But once he won the title, he feuded with Flair in the immediate weeks after the Great American Bash. And then we moved into Ole introducing the whole Black Scorpion deal. And at the same time, they're building Sid and the match with Sting for Halloween Havoc. So that kind of happened. And then finally, the Black Scorpion angle ends at Starcade when Flair is revealed as the antagonist from Sting's past. But having spent the past couple of months discussing all this with the benefit of hindsight, what do you think of Sting's first title run? How would you characterize that that run? Because it was a little bit, well, we finally got through the breakthrough. He's healthy. Let's get him the belt. And then it just seemed like, mm, do we have him? Let's who do we have him face? Okay, we'll do Sid at Havoc. Oh, wait, now we need to bring, you know, like I said, we'll let's have him fight the uh, Black Scorpion. Uh, let's put the belt back on Flair. I would have loved to have seen Sting get away from Flair. The whole Black Scorpion thing was just a debacle. It was yeah. a mess. Anyway, you look at it, then when you it all shakes out and you find out that it was Flair all along, then if you were semi-tired of Flair and Sting, now you're really tired of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then they go in, you know, into that next little program, that brilliant haircut that Jim Hurd thought Flair needed. Did you notice that? I did. Yeah, he's got that all the That was Jim Hurd. Yeah. That was Jim Hurd. Yep. I want to cut his hair and... 
put a ring, put a earring in, call him Spartacus, Jesus yes. Christ. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just think Sting, if he would have had a couple, you know, maybe he could have made a bigger loop with uh, Sid. You know, my God, you know, you could have put Sting with with uh, uh, Ron Simmons in a single match or Butch Reed in a single match, just to get him some wins over some different opponents. He needed a a longer push as champion and just feed him some guys. Think about it. You had Barry come in dressed up as Sting to cost him, you know, to to kind of try to mess with him at Halloween Havoc. So there's a, a already well written storyline to have him and Barry go at it for a while come, because of that. Th- there you go. Where were you? Why, why aren't you booking the company <laughs> yeah, back right. then? That was a no brainer, right? Yeah, Bring right. Him back now he's Barry Wyndham. He, he tried to do the screw job. It didn't yeah, work. Yeah, screw job finish. Now I'm still Barry Wyndham. Now let's see what you got, champ. You know, it's, it's not that hard. Yeah, I mean, 30-plus years removed, uh, you know, there was definitely some some opportunity to make some changes with the booking of the franchise. I also want to talk to you a little bit about the politics and the political situation in WCW at the time because, as we've talked about, you got Jim Hurd. He's still in charge of the company. We know how he personally feels about Rick. We've talked about it uh, a few times on the show. But I don't understand why he would greenlight putting Flair back as the champion again. I mean, is this a case where there was no option? Is this a financial decision? Do you remember how the decision for Jim Hurd would have been? Yeah, let's let's make Flair the champ again. It just doesn't seem to, you know. Well, I, we don't know what the numbers were. Yeah, we don't know what the buy rates were. If if it had taken a big dip with Flair not as the champion, then if you're the Kevin Sullivans and the different guys sitting around that room and the booking meeting that would have supported it, they would have went, Jim, hey, you know, look at your numbers when he was a champion. Look at your numbers when he wasn't, which is not fair, but it, it's an argument that works in front of people that don't know our business. If it's just strictly a guy like Jim Hurd who's just looking at numbers and it was up this month, it was down this month, okay, well, who was a champion? Or, what was the main event on Clash of Champions? You know, they look at all this other stuff other than understanding when you build a babyface champion, it takes a while. They have to beat a lot of people clean with their finish to get the people's belief in them. That's why you believe them, because when they're in a fight, even though they're hurt, they're going to overcome and they're going to win. That's what makes a babyface. So Flair was the proven commodity that they said, hey, We've seen what he's done before. Let's pull that lever again and see if he can help bring back those numbers. Yeah. That I'm assuming that's all I can do is assume because I wasn't in those meetings. One thing I'll point out here, uh, Arn and audience, is that uh, Flair's now recognized as the WCW NWA champion instead of just the NWA champion. This brings us to the first fan question for this week's show. And it comes to us from our good friend Brad Stanton. And he wrote in and said, Rick was recognized as the first WCW heavyweight champion. Was it important that Rick was recognized as WCW's first world champion? Do you think that played a role in it? Because, you know, would, would that have put any bearing on them making the decision like, hey, we want to give Rick that opportunity to be recognized as the first WCW world champion? God, it's hard. It's a good question. It's hard to know what goes through those people's minds. Um, I know that the thing with her and Flair, you know, started to be, it it overrode 
what's the right thing to do to business for business it became personal you know yeah. what i mean mm-hmm. and uh when a, you get in a pissing match with the boss it's not going to end well one way or the other somebody's going to have to go um you could already see the tension was just i mean rick cut his hair but but i mean i i i hear individual voices when i go to the ring i i hear the ind- individual voices you know, and there were people that didn't know why he had hair, got his hair cut. Rick, part of his persona was the long white hair. Yeah, that's exactly right. His trademark. Yeah. It would be like suddenly if he was wearing a, a black leather vest instead of his robe. Yeah. You would go. Who's that? Well, what is he Rick doing? Rick Flair, what the fuck? What's, what's, excuse my language. What, what is that all about? Yeah, yeah. And, and it. When it opens up questions that aren't good questions, now you've 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 taken your eye off the ball, I guess. We had uh, we had another fan write in and Ryan, and he said uh, Rick won the title in a building that was less than twenty five percent full. We mentioned a massive snowstorm in the Northeast. Do you have any recollection of the travel conditions, either getting to the arena or getting out of town after that event? I mean, this is back in ninety one, but anything that you recall just of that storm well i mean snowstorms people stay home that's right walk-ups in the northeast you know i went to all those towns newark the garden uh you know meadowlands you name it all all of those i'm sure I'm, I'm leaving a couple out but you know the fact is when you got a foot of snow on the ground people that were gonna you know Okay, well, let's see how we feel that day. It's going to be bad weather. We're not going to have advanced tickets. We'll just go to the walk-up thing, walk up and get a ticket. It's a big arena. There'll be tickets there. You you know, when people aren't driving, people aren't traveling. And public transportation, I don't think, reached the Meadowland to the degree that it might for the garden or, or somewhere else. You, you know what I mean? It's kind of on yeah. the out, outskirts of town. Good point. By the way, at this same show, Arn, you and Barry wrestled Doom inside a steel cage. The match went about four minutes when Barry pinned Ron after Butch accidentally hit Ron with a foreign object. Uh, Doom does break up at Russell War the next month when they lose the tag titles to the Freebirds in the same fashion. But this allows Ron to then pursue his singles babyface run that we're all familiar with. But I want to get back to this match for a minute. A steel cage match featuring four fan favorites. It went four minutes. I'm assuming, I'm going to assume that it was weather-related potentially and trying to get the fans out of there. Is there anything else that you can remember? Again, this is a long time ago, but that is a short cage match, four minutes long. Hmm. You know, I don't remember it being that quick. That's too soon for any reason. You know, if the snow's already on the ground, it's we're already screwed. We're we're all had rental cars. We're going to be driving in it. Right. Um, I'd, it would have had, did it go on last? I imagine, yeah. it, imagine it did. They had to you were the, the last match. Up, yeah. yeah. To pay it off that quickly mm, after we'd been in some wars with those guys on televised events, right? That seems, yeah. seems mighty short. I think we might have screwed the fans that night. Absolutely. Uh, friend of the show, AFS top guy, Bryant Haremza commented, since Doom was having trouble at this time, does Arn think that he and Barry were being used as background players to set up the feud between Simmons and Reed? 
is that is that a way that you would feel, or do you feel like, hey, this is just part of our storyline right now, and that's what we're we're doing? Well, if it, that is true, it wouldn't have bothered me. If okay. if it if it were a vehicle to help them launch their their angle, which is going to further their career, then that's what being a team player is about. Matches with Doom, four minutes or not, steel cage or not, were demanding and taxing on the body, and you and Barry had to be in peak physical condition. Arn, you've told us time and time again that a deep sweat is one of your favorite ways to start your day. And now, living a healthier life has been made even easier by our longtime sponsor, Athletic Greens. Arn, just one scoop, and it gives you 75 high-quality vitamins and minerals. I'm talking improving your gut health, sleeping better, improving your focus, What's not to like? This product is a slam dunk, and I know you and Brock both love taking your athletic greens. Well, you know, it just helps with your digestion. It just helps give you a kick, get you started during the day. You know, just everything is positive. It's uh, They've stumbled upon the right amount of ingredients. I never was one that enjoyed those, you know, the packs of the multi-packs of the big horse pills seven or eight in there, I could hardly swallow those damn things. Well, here's the alternative. And, you know, probably even more good stuff in there and easier to swallow and easier to digest. It's just uh, they're on to something. They are. And listen, you get better sleep quality and recovery. It costs less than $3 a day. Completely worth the investment. And it's received 7,000 five-star reviews. So reclaim your health, arm your immune system. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash ARN. Again, that's athleticgreens.com dot com forward slash r to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance Arn, we're going to move on from the event in new jersey you and barry continued to work together you two even cut the first in an amazing series of promos it's shot in black and white buddy this is nwo before the nwo but you guys are putting the prom- uh the promotion on notice about what would happen if they crossed paths with the horsemen of the 90s and here in our second clip of the week Let's take a look at the warning shot fired by you and BW Power Hour, January 19th, 1991. Out there may think, BW, this is a real primitive way of training. Well, maybe we got too civilized toward the, ends of, toward the end of the 80s. Maybe we got too used to the cushy life. That silver spoon got so big, we had to spit it out. Well... We may have spit out the silver spoon, my friend. There's one thing that you can't get around. The most pure emotion is pain and followed by fear. Tell them, big man. You know, the 90s have been referred to as the reckoning with truth. In the 80s, everything was clouded. Nobody ever told the truth. In the 90s, the way to go is flat out. Tell no lies. That's the way we're going to do it. When you hear something from our lips, truth it may be and as much as it may hurt, you can count on it being exactly the way that it is. Get in touch with your emotions. Find out what your worst phobia is. 
I want everybody affiliated with WCW to prepare themselves for Armageddon. Nineteen ninety-one, our resurgence has begun, and don't think you're safe. The horsemen don't rest. When we win a championship, we go full bore to keep a championship. Like so many of our opponents, this is the way they look and feel the morning after a match with us. This may be a symbolic way of showing you the primitive way we're going to deal with things. America's greatest fear is gang violence. Where the horsemen are concerned, there's not going to be any drive-by shootings. We're going to keep it legal, but we're going to keep it as violent as the law allows. No one's safe. Jump on the horseman. You're going to the hospital in the 90s. Wow. I mean, this is a different style horseman promo. This is a good example of the 90s. You're shooting black and white. You're beating the shit out of cars in a, in a junkyard. You got your hats on backwards. You got sledgehammers. This is a little, this is, this is hardcore, bro. What do you think of this? I like it. Yeah. Yeah, they let us have a ton of impact. Matter of fact, we came up the whole thing. And it just was something different that we had ever done. It wasn't limousines and private planes and fur coats. It was just getting down to nut cutting time. It was. And it was like a reset for the horseman and uh, a reset on our thought process. And it was. Uh, the black and white was really a nice touch. That's one thing about being with Turner all those years, man. They had all the equipment and all the things you needed to, to come up with different stuff as far as vignettes and stuff like that. So, And honestly, it felt like it was kind of ahead of its time. I mean, this has like a whole, I set joked around the NWO vibe, but now you see some stuff like this with Darby Allen, obviously a different level, but it's that darker style uh, and do you remember who helped kind of produce this at all, or do you remember any Us. of that? Okay. Us, pretty much. No I flair, mean, no four, you know, no, like you said, none of the, all the pomp and circumstance. What about Sid? He's, uh, he's not here. This is just you and Barry doing your thing. Yeah, I, well, and I thought we needed it. The whole idea was at the end of the rainbow, you're fighting Butch and Ron Simmons, and they're at a different level. Uh, you know, it just... The whole primitive fight that you're going to be in, you just had that whole feel of, you know, hitting someone with a sledgehammer is a pretty serious deal. Um, and I just think it just gave it a whole nother look. Mm. Hey guys, Eric Bischoff here, and just want to call a quick timeout. I want to tell your listeners about what I've been telling everybody at over at 83 weeks quite a while now about all the cool things that are happening over at adfreeshows.com. Conrad sits down with World Class's David Manning and JCP's David Crockett to take a month-by-month -month look back through the territories. But uh, the other wrestlers didn't until the birds came along. And the birds were, as heels, selling a, sell, you know, they were right up there in the same area of sales as the Von Erics. Well, that's fascinating. I just assumed that the guys always, quote-unquote, kept their picture money 
If you're looking for more old school, the creator of the Aftermags, Bill After, has joined ad-free shows, revisiting some of his favorite interviews and stories. It's a picture backstage of Lou Albano before he was a captain, handing the WWWF original belt to Ivan Koloff, and that was an exclusive photo that I took in the a dressing room hallway of the uh, of the garden. For interactive experiences, Conrad recently sat down with Ad Free Shows members for a live edition of Ask Conrad. I think Cena would be a big one. I mean, I understand uh, that that's probably not going to happen. If I had a guy like Logan Paul trying to wrestle Cena, I think that's, that's probably as big as it could get. So I could, I could be convinced of that. I don't think Punk will be available, but I do disagree with Rick. I think that would be huge. I think hardcore fans would absolutely love it. Get this and other exclusive experiences, including being part of the live recordings of the podcast. Now you can be part of the show. That's just a small taste of what we've got waiting for you with four levels to choose from. See for yourself why ad-free shows is the best value in wrestling today. Sign up now at adfreeshows.com. Well, speaking of uh, of Sid, the Horseman Sid Barry, yourself and Nate took on Sting, Pillman, and the Steiner Brothers in an eight man tag match that aired on the January twentieth edition of the main event. This match, Arn, would be a preview of what we're going to see inside the Steel Cage at War Games in February. And in our third clip of the week, let's take a look at how this one ended. Again, this is from the main event, January twentieth, nineteen ninety one. And this one. Power slamming Flying Bryant. Rick Steiner in. He's seen about all this he wants. He wants a little bit of Sid Vicious as well. Real bad feelings running very, very deeply in this contest. The Lariat by Barry Windham on Flying Bryant. Again, Rick Steiner is in. He's having trouble keeping his composure. The horsemen now are tagging in and out like a well-oiled machine. Oh, man, what a shot. But Pillman fights back. You got to hand it to the kid from Cincinnati. The world champion. So punishing. The flying Bryant continues to compete. Continues to fight back. Blair knocked down. Pillman has made the tag. Scott Steiner is in. Scott Steiner nailing Flair. Elevates the world champion. And there's a Steiner line in one on double A. Wyndham catches one. Vicious is knocked out of his boots by the, the man that wants to be the world champion. Scott Steiner, Neil Slayer, but from behind, it's Barry Windham. This one is beginning to break down. The referee is rapidly losing control of this contest. Belly to belly by Rick Steiner on Sid Vicious. It's going to take something like the war game. They're disqualifying both teams. What an environment here. It's a battleground. Both teams have been disqualified. Maybe in Phoenix. 
both rings are setting side by side. But remember, in Phoenix, someone must submit or surrender. And looking at those four, who would it be? I can't even speculate. Who would it be with a horseman? You can't speculate on that. But it will be settled at Rupp. Going to be settled at the war games, and we're hearing it from JR. He's letting us know all about it. And again, as I said, that's the main event for uh, Russell War, and I can't wait because uh, next week's show, we're going to dis discuss that centerpiece for February 1991. But for our fans, because you've been in more of them than anyone else, what was your reaction when you found out that WCW was bringing back the match beyond? Horrified. I know what it's like to be locked in there with the wrong combination of guys. And you're looking now, you're looking at the Steiners, Sting. Who was their part? Was it Pillman going to be? Brian Pillman, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like God Almighty. Uh, War Games was bad news, man. If you started, you were in there about 35, 40 minutes, and there was no let up, nowhere to go, nowhere to hide. Cliche. You know all about starting up war games, buddy. Started them all, and um, all the ones that I was in anyway. And, uh, man, at about the 25-minute mark, you're, you're looking around going, I can't get out of here. <laughs> I can't get out. <laughs> I just want to get out. Right. Oh. Uh, so it was, you know, it was a calling card. It was a special match. It was a great idea. And... Uh, I mean, I knew we could pull it off. It just, it's going to be physical. We laugh. I laugh. And as you said that, but you're dead serious. You literally would look around that match that, that, and say, man, I, this is still going. I still got to fight in this thing. This sucks. This is hard. This is crazy. Well, well there's nowhere to get away. I mean, when yeah. you, once you put the lid on that thing, I mean, there's nowhere to go. Violent. Yes. Yeah, you're feeling every bit of it. I mean, how long does it take for you to, and we'll get into it next week, like I said, but to recover from that match where you're just not feeling it anymore? Well, it's, it's you know, it's a tough business, and the bumps hurt. And in those days, we were in ring shape because we wrestled enough days a month to stay in ring shape. But still, I don't know if in the background there during that last four-way, if you saw Rick Steiner scoop up and belly-to-belly -belly Sid Vicious. In the background, it's like, good God. I mean, these guys are beasts. The Steiner brothers were, you know, we haven't even delved into what animals those two guys are. Right. Uh, you know, Sting is on a roll. Brian Pillman, you know, was was a tough kid. So for, much talent. Yeah, I mean, lock them all in, you know, a cage. Whew. Yeah. Arn, as you well know, because you were in 15-plus War Games matches, the only way to win the War Games was to make an opponent submit or surrender. In these style matches, it was imperative to use anything and everything to your advantage, from Paulie's telephone to one of the Road Warriors spikes. Similarly, when it comes to oh. the bedroom game... Oh. You're going to do it, aren't you? I'm going to do it. Our loyal listeners know that in order to win that match, okay, in order to win that one, to earn that submission or surrender from their partners, sometimes a gimmick is required. And if you're looking to make your penis as deadly as a road warrior spike, <laughs> your eyes, you need to look no further than our oldest oh. and most loyal partner, Blue Chill. 
The nights might be long, but the breeze isn't the only thing that's stiff. Isn't that right, Arn? I can't say any. I can't say a word. <laughs> you enjoy this way too much, like a road warrior spike. <laughs> it oh doesn't get any better when it comes to the analogies, Arn. I think that we just transferred from making love to rough sex, didn't we? <laughs> we did. Ro road warrior spike. <laughs> the roughest. Oh, the road warrior spike. God. You'll never look at it the same again. And it's all because of Blue Chew. And listen, you can turn yours into a road warrior spike. All you have to go is to bluechew.com. It's an online prescription service. No visits to the doctor's office. No awkward conversations like Ann and I are having right now. No waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. It's simple. Sign up at bluechew.com. This is, this is where YouTube really falls in love with this show, I'm sure. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days, guys. The best part, all online. Don't like swallowing pills. No problems here. Blue Chew's tablets are chewable. There are all kinds of reasons guys aren't able to perform. There's a list. It could be your age. It could be medical conditions. It could be Wilford Brimley's diabetes. For the older guys, it could be stress and anxiety. For the younger guys, Arn, it could be just, you know, performance problems. I don't know. It's just not, it just doesn't happen in the ring. It happens all the time in the bedroom for guys all across this great land. Check out bluechew.com. Make sure you're able to perform at your very best every single time you walk out from behind that curtain. Could be the shower curtain. Try Bluetooth free when using our promo code ARN at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code ARN. To receive your first month free, go to bluechew.com for more details and safety info. ARN, our favorite, our favorite sponsor of the week right there. This yarn show has now an R rating. <laughs> it has jumped the shark. PG and, uh, has been blew out of the water, and we are in an R rating. If you're looking for that road warrior spike, look no further. Arn, if the looming war games uh, doesn't get you fired up, we have another chilling promo. Once again, shot in black and white, man. This is kind of that badass look. You and Barry... You're issuing a warning using the more dangerous part of the town that you're set uh, up in. Let's take a look at the second warning you and Barry issued. Now, this clip was uh, showed to us on NWA Pro from January 26, 1991. Let's take a look. You got me, will you look at this dump? Say to Hamza Palace, pal, you can bet I bet that. <laughs> but it's a lot cheaper. You gotta be asking yourself, how do we walk around in slum tenements? No fear of gangs. Did you guys scared to walk around this area? <laughs> and that certainly ain't Don Perignon, pal. Let me tell you something, we're the horsemen. We come and go as we please. Yeah, America's greatest fear is gang violence. Well, there was a bunch of punks with scarfs on their head back here. They all piled in a van and hit the bricks. You see, America, World Championship Wrestling in particular, <laughs> finally getting the idea. Gonna be any drive-by shootings. Nothing illegal. Gonna be some immoral things going on, though. You see, we're gonna take it as far as the law allows. Tell them, B.W. You know, about five minutes ago, this place was packed with thugs. <laughs> and every door is bolted. 
They're still clipping the padlocks on the doors. This one right here is afraid to come out, afraid to even look out the window. But I'll tell you what, it's this way in every town we go. Every street we walk, every bar, pub, or club we walk in, everybody seems to disappear. And it's happening that way in World Championship Wrestling. Sting, Luger, the Steiners, doom in their own element are nowhere to be found. We came down here looking for Teddy Long. I think he owns this joint, but it got us nowhere. Let me tell you something. Barry Wyndham got a funny new haircut, a lot of them say it. <laughs> Ric Flair got a funny haircut. Ric Flair don't wear three-piece suits anymore. What's the matter with you guys? Well, there ain't nothing the matter with us. What's gonna be the matter is with each and every day that passes, casualties begin to pile up. You take this violent city, you look at these people in the window, Scared to death to come outside. That's the way it's always been. That's the way it always will be. The strong survive. And there's strength in numbers. And we're talking about numbers. We're talking about four. The four horsemen. Gang warfare, horseman mm. style. You enjoying Down, this, Arn? Downtown Atlanta, buddy. Mm. That was a rough neighborhood. It's clear that someone on the booking committee wants to make sure the horsemen are positioned as the most dangerous men in wrestling. Well, it was a rebuilding process, and, and if you looked at the players, you had Sid and Flair in there. The, you know, the 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 combination was right. It was just, I don't think we were viewed being pushed as the stars. We were viewed as being the star makers, hmm. which is which is fine. But, uh, you know, the Gaponas there were to be successful. Were you excited about this, this new direction for the horsemen? Like, were, did you guys feel like you were rejuvenated by this fresh, fresh take? Well, yeah, and they were giving us, you got to remember, you know, I came from WWF after being there 14 months where they told you, you know, when to go to the bathroom and when not and, you know, just told micromanaged everything. Wow. Now we were given some creative liberty, and and some our thought process was being used, and you know they were letting us be creative in our own gimmick, and it, it was refreshing, to be honest with you. Yeah, because honestly, man, the, to me as a fan, this is the most dangerous uh, collection of the horsemen as far as the presentation that we've seen to this point, right? You've done the trash talking, like you said, limos, women, all that. It's more of a lifestyle. Now it's like you said, we're gangsters. We're we're coming to whip ass and take names, and uh, it, it's a it's a different presentation altogether. So this is a little bit of a gamble, but it feels it feels cool. It feels rough. I like it. Well, the idea was to have a different approach to promoting supposedly the most dangerous match out there. Mm. That was the idea, to tie it all in in a different way that everyone that went in that war games cage was in a different kind of danger than they had ever been in before. And this helped tell that story. Yeah, there you go. Scott Golden, he says, uh, are there any additional memories that you can share with us about these black and white promos? Any, any context, anything that you can remember about shooting these? Uh, anything happen while you were trying to shoot him in downtown Atlanta? Any stories? Well, 
we had, you know, we actually, it was a very small crew. There was, you know, one, one assistant that came. There was one cameraman, one sound guy. And we, you know, we, we just kind of went down there and took over that little complex. And uh, we had to pay a small fee, I think, to the uh, junkyard for the first one. Okay. Because we were beating up their cars. The second one, we just kind of bum-rushed in and stole the setting. You know, we shot that whole thing in one take. And it was like, guys, if you look around, you know where we're at. You live here in Atlanta. You know more than we do. This is not a good place, and we're probably in some danger here. So let's do what we're going to do and get the hell out of here. But we were more than aware of one of those doors opening and the wrong person coming out. You know what I mean? Jeez. Because we had just kind of taken over their their neighborhood for a minute. And it's not like, you know, obviously WCW's headquartered down there, so you guys knew right where to go, too, if you wanted to have that backdrop. It was literally not, not too far from the office. It was downtown, but in Atlanta, the out, you know, once you get out of the, the big high-rise buildings, you don't have to go but three or four blocks to find neighborhoods like yeah. we're shooting this in. Uh, it was an awesome effect and a uh, very cool presentation. So we close out the month. WCW would present Clash of the Champions, Dixie Dynamite. You and Barry would team up to defeat the Renegade Warriors. Do you remember this team? It's Mark and Chris Youngblood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. We have the closing moments of the match. It's our final clip of the week. Let's take a look at how you and Barry were victorious in this tag match. Clash of the Champions, January 30th, 1991. Hey, now Wyndham and Anderson have hit that rhythm. They've got those tags. They're coming in and out, keeping the fresh man in the ring. They're a well oiled machinery. Once they get that rhythm, like we know both of them can, they are hard to beat, and they can punish a man. They can take a man to the limit. They can take a man down as quick as anything. Right here, Iron Anderson, the smart of the is. Now, will you watch this move right here. He's got a hold of this guy. He's leaning on it. Now, you see right here, if you're at home, take your wife, get up in the living room, put her in this hole and lean on her and see how quick she'll break down like a shotgun. Yeah. Oh, right their heads cracked together. The back of Anderson's head, right in the face of young Chris Youngblood. I'm telling you, he's I can say there's a lot of men getting in trouble right now. Honey, stand up. I'm on a front face lock. Yeah, they go. I mean, don't hurt them because we love them. We can't do without them. Oh, man. That is a big-time offensive move there. Inverted atomic drop by double A. He's going for the rope for a high-risk move, and he caught it. He got a knee. Young Doug got the knee right up into the lower abdomen. I'll tell you what, Jimbo, right there is a very unusual move for Iron Anderson. That's a high-risk maneuver move off the top. You never see him do that type of move and it backfired on him right there. He did get his knees up just in time, and that will take that midsection and put it back behind your, your, your belly button. Tag was made. Here comes Mark Youngblood, knocking Anderson down. He knocks Big Barry Wyndham down. The Indians on the warpath here with that tomahawk top, and now all four men are in the ring. I'll tell you, they couldn't have Jack now. I know they're going for it. They got, to, they got to keep moving here. They got to stay on top. They need a legal man. There needs to be somebody in here in case we go for a fall. Great move right here by Barry Wyndham. Wyndham got rid of one of the Youngbloods. He got rid of Mark Youngblood. The horse must know how Custer feels or felt. Youngblood set for the ride there. And oh, Barry Wyndham got him with a lariat. I mean, he got him all. 
Well, we're getting ready to see right here the horsemen at their best. The horsemen at work right here. They set him up right here. I'm talking about, we're talking 10, 12 feet off Superplex. the axe. Superplex time. Wyndham with a superplex, but Anderson's the legal man in the ring. Anderson detained the referee, and the horsemen win it. Ladies and gentlemen, the winners of the match, Barry Wyndham and Arn Anderson. Exclusively on pay-per-view, the horsemen will ride into Wrestle War, into War Games, and they know what it's like to pay the price. An impressive victory here. The horsemen ride, and man, how fun is Dusty Rhodes on commentary? Wait a minute. He just said, if you're at home, get up off the table, put your wife in a front face lock, and lean on her. <laughs> it was so good. Oh, Dusty. Oh, I know I popped at the wrong time in the wrong place that you're going to hear in the background, but that was tremendous. It's so good, man. And for you, it's got to be like just hearing uh, him again. Yeah. I mean, it, that he was very unique, man. He was just a lot of fun to be around. He was, uh, he was back home. He's fresh off his run with the WWF, and he's on commentary, so there you go. We saw Barry hit that beautiful superplex with the float over. I dare say there wasn't, and even now, a better superplex than the one delivered by that man. He, he just delivered that so smoothly. Yeah, and he could do it to Animal or anybody. Mm. Any, yeah. I saw it, 300-pounder, same thing. And while the young bloods here aren't positioned as a high-profile opponent, this certainly reinforced the messaging of the two promos we watched earlier in the show. Uh, that hey, you guys are badasses. You're here. You're ready. You're ready to do Wrestle War, and uh, you move on. You move on. You wrap up the month, and uh, on the Wrestle War we go. Uh, we have a question from dear friend of the show, Drew Landry, and uh, he said we love it when you talk about Barry Windham. And we've, we've asked this question before, but we're going to ask it again. What was it about Barry that made him such a great tag team partner? You two had such great chemistry. Barry just, he got it. He knew that, you know, being a great baby face for all the years that he was, he knew how important it was for a great heel to know his role no, he wasn't supposed to out-punch the baby face, out-wrestle the baby face, punk the baby face out. Your job as a heel is to get out-wrestled, get out-punched, get out-finessed, and see one opening and then take a cheap shot and then try to try just try to kill the guy. Yeah. That's what being a heel is, and that's the difference in the two. And he knew to come in there. The one thing you had to do is create something. You had to create the baby face and create this situation that everything I do, he's one step further. Barry knew all that, and your top heels knew it. Bobby Eaton knew it. Dennis Condry knew it. Blanchard knew it. Rick knew it. You know, your great heels know you've got to make before you tear down. And that was Barry. And Barry was just so skilled naturally. He had his dad's genetics. He was strong as an ox. He moved like a gazelle. He just had so many natural tools. He was just a natural performer. It just came easy to him. So smooth in the ring. God. 
For most of his career, the enforcer was the textbook definition of a tag team partner. As we just saw, he and Barry had amazing chemistry, complementing each other in every possible way. Inside the ring, they were smooth and crisp, not clunky and awkward. And like Arn Anderson, the man who was always in the right position for his tag team partners, our newest sponsor, Spider Grip, is here for you. Spider Grip is the phone grip that won't slip. Arn, I am so excited to talk about Spider Grip today. Brand new sponsor for us. I love my Spider Grip. I know that you got to meet Mr. David Britt down at WrestleCade, and he is here to advertise with us. Buddy, I'm not kidding. This is a product that I have. I don't know how I've lived without it, and uh, I am so glad that we get to talk about Spider Grip on today's show. I have one on my phone, too. Nice man. Hey, for all those of us that have bad hands, yes, there's the answer right there. Look at this thing, and if you're watching on YouTube, it rotates 360 degrees for the best photos and videos. You can prop it up. You can use this thing, turn it sideways, and it uses as a prop on your bed stand. You can lay it flat as well as it'll lock into place. But, man, it's fantastic. It's going to free up both your hands. Durable. I'm telling you, this rubber is so thick. It's such quality. I didn't know what to think when I got it at first, but now I don't live without it. I have people at work that have them. Uh, that have asked me about them. And now you can get them right here as a listener of ARN. They're made right here in the good old US of A. It can be for your kids. It can be for you, for your parents, whoever it is. David Britt is the founder and inventor. And by the way, he's got some big time partners involved with him for this. Kate Bosworth, have you ever heard of her? How about Grammy winning artist Pitbull? They're also involved as partners for this company. Grip the freedom with Spider Grip. Right now, you can get your very own 30% off free shipping with code ARN. Those three magic letters used at checkout. So go to spidergrip.com. I'm going to spell it out for you because it's got two I's in the most important places. That's S-P-I-I-D-E-R-G-R-I-I-P.com. That's Spider Grip, two eyes in both places, spiderandgrip.com. Use promo code ARN, and I'm telling you, great customer service, a great product, and I want to thank David Britt and Spider Grip for advertising with us. Remember, promo code ARN. ARN, I know, like you said, we're both big proponents of this, and it's going to change your life the way you sell your, your cell phone. Welcome aboard, David. That's something that's useful. I just appeal to everybody listening to this. Horror equals dropping your phone mm. on the cement, hearing it land, and just waiting to pick it up and it be cracked, unusable, and you know how you depend on your phone, folks. We all spend all day reaching in our pocket for them, making sure it's there. This will relieve some of that stress. The other thing is you don't find yourself using your finger to hold prop up your phone at the bottom anymore because you're 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 using the spider grip to hold the phone. It's just amazing. I can't put it over enough because I am a user and so I uh, really believe in the product. Arn, we move on. On the same night as we just talked about there with Clash of the Champions, Rick wrestled Scott Steiner for the WCW NWA World Champion. That match is the genesis of a decade-long issue between Flair and Steiner because Steiner accused Flair of sandbagging the match. Do you remember that feedback immediately, or is it something that you've only heard about past this event? Well, it just didn't leap off the page at the time that that's what was going on. It wasn't that obvious. I'd have, I have to go back and watch the match to see if there's 
something that could have been done more, in my opinion. Something could have been done less. I don't, I'm not sure. All right. Well, we're going to close the show with some fan questions. Drew Landry's up first. He wants to know where you rank your program with doom. Is it on the level of the rock and roll express, the midnights or the rockers? Where would you rank that program with them? In physicality, probably number one, uh, the, that match was not geared to get us over. It was geared to have an uh, unpredictable match uh, on the card that you couldn't call a winner or a loser and put some star power into it. The Midnight, we were put in a position with like the Midnight and the Rock and Roll and those guys and the Rockers to draw money and to get over and to feature our stuff. And that's the difference. You know, Ricky and Robert were the best at that. You know, they were the flip side of the coin. We knew to make those guys two guys that would not quit, that were sm- that were smaller, that, you know, maybe they, they didn't stack up in uh, power or any of those things going for them, but they just wouldn't quit and you couldn't keep them down. And, you know, that's what they brought to the table. Um, different deals. One was got, like I said, was set up for us to feature us. Uh, Doom was meant just to be a damn bar fight. There you go. What a bar fight it was. Wrestling alternate commentary wants to know what memories you have of Paul Heyman. Did you think that he would have the impact on the business that he did from 1991 to present day? Well, you always knew Paul was smart. You knew he was gung-ho. You knew he was a student of the business. You knew he had a bright future. Um, He was really young when I first met him and, uh, you know, I was just impressed, you know, the knowledge that he had. You could tell he had studied it his entire life and was going to do well. I, you know, he's been around a long time now, and he's, his opinion is valued with the company he works for, so he's had a hell of a run. He sure has. Uh, final question this week, Bryant Haremza wants to know how difficult it was for you to balance a tag team rivalry while also trying to compete and win your television title back. You were doing both back then. Um, yeah, I was, you know, I really didn't see. It was just the way you approach a tag match was the only difference. When I was wrestling for the TV title, there was, again, I didn't have to beat them. They had to beat me. So that was always the story with the TV title. Tag matches were take your partner, Manipulate the situation, manipulate the referee, manipulate the other guy that's on the apron and get an advantage and push the advantage and cut the ring off and make it a two-on-one match was, was, you know, the strategy there. So I was pretty much tuned in to whatever, whatever that day it was, it was. Arn, that's going to conclude our coverage of January 1991. What a fun month it was. The Horsemen have a harder edge, which we talked about. Flair wins the belt back. The Dream, Dusty Rhodes, returns to WCW. And we got War Games coming in February. And we're going to talk all about that. The War Games match, it's one of the most memorable ones of all time. And one reason, among others, is that it's the only War Games match the Horsemen ever won. And Arn... You were not even in it. 
This is going to be crazy. Find out all about it next week. And remember, support AA at armlinks.com. That's where you'll find the links to the Horseman and Arn Show stores, the episode archives, and links to all our social media plus our YouTube channel. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's where it's at. But Arn, we are out of time this week. On behalf of the Enforcer AA, Arn Anderson, this is Paul Bromwell. And we'll see you right back here next week on Arn. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra five to ten. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B L E A V on YouTube or wherever you listen.